Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls to sign up. And this week on the podcast, we are covering Jurassic Park. Which has Why been... are we covering it, Hannah? <laughs> because Boyfriend Ray has asked for us to do Jurassic Park since we started this podcast two years ago. It's very true. Uh, so we had to make sure that we got it in. And as our honorary third mic, it's yes. only fair. <laughs> That we yes, do it. it's because he says it's the only book he ever remembers reading, like cover to cover. That's unfortunate for him because it's not a great book. But He's we'll not get a into reader. That. Um, but I have titled this one "Hold On to Your Butts." <laughs> I like it. It was going to be "Welcome to, Ra- to Jurassic Park," but then after rewatching the movie, I was yeah. like, I got it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not that's too good not to pass yeah. up. Um, all right, so the book was originally published in 1990, the year I was born. Wow. Uh, and it's written by Mike, Michael, I think it's Creighton? 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 I, I would have gone with Creighton, but Creighton? I don't think that's right. No, I think it's Creighton, I think. When I listened to the audio, I like made a point to like remember, and then of mm-hmm. course, naturally, I forgot. Right. Um, so it has a 4.1 out of 5 on Goodreads, which is fairly good, mm-hmm. um, and it ha- it's about 416 pages. I think dudes really like this book. Doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Yeah. Dudes like these, like, overly technical overly like like think of like what was it in the like martian not a nice way <laughs> yeah like the, the martian. martian or even project well project Hail mary which um is going to be made into a movie as we've talked about uh, is to a certain extent but i think the humor kind of outweighs True. it which is nice but yeah like um even Ready Player One is a little yeah, too technical that's true. for me, too. Um, but yeah, anyway, we are doing it. <laughs> the movie came out in 1993, so I would have been six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, six? Yeah. Yeah, six years old. Um, and if you want to watch it right now, it is on HBO Max, mm-hmm. um, which is what I watched it on. The entire Jurassic Saga. Saga is on there if you'd yeah. like to watch it. Um, I actually considered continuing. Did you? Because I've never seen the rest I of I think them. you should. Uh two and three are okay like it well the last three are very obviously different than these ones because they're so much newer but i would actually say for a movie in 1993 like this like rewatching, i was like this doesn't look like a movie made in 1993 you know i thought they did a great job but it's um pg-13 it's action adventure sci-fi two hours and seven minutes long and directed by the king of directors basically (laughs) steven spielberg Who's done like a bajillion things. Uh, like literally a bajillion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny that they lead with action and adventure and then sci-fi because the book is so sci-fi heavy. Right. And then I would say a little bit more action and adventure. Yeah. So. Well, if you think about it, like they leave out a lot of the technical oh, stuff. Sure. A lot Which of like fine by me. the bio stuff in the <laughs> yeah. movie. Uh, so the IMDb synopsis reads, a pragmatic paleontologist touring an almost complete theme park on an island in Central America is tasked with protecting a couple of kids after a power failure causes the park's cloned dinosaurs to run loose. So great. <laughs> just like listen, reading that synopsis is like, what? It's so great. <laughs> like, you know, I love a good theme park, um, especially like the offshoot ones yeah. that are just like kind of creepy and should probably never have people actually right. be at like it. any state fair. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when you have to ride a wooden uh, ro- roller coaster or like a rickety mm-hmm. ferris wheel that's when you know you're in the right wrong place oh yeah it's crazy there's actually you know i've talked about them before on true crime obsessed they they have an episode called um class action park and it's basically about this like highway 
you know, side highway theme park that like got sued so many times because people were getting Gosh. hurt so much. Yeah, so no, that sounds it's crazy. <laughs> so some interesting facts. So you're probably wondering how did this author know so much about this kind of stuff? I was wondering. <laughs> he actually did. Because receive... Google wasn't as great back then. <laughs> yeah. He actually received his MD from Harvard Medical School in 1969. So he is very much in the know as it relates to that this stuff, okay i would think is he like <laughs> ross geller though dr ross geller he's not a paleontologist himself <laughs> yeah um but he does i guess he has you know experience in this world mm-hmm. i mean you kind of have to ha- almost have that kind of background yeah. to be able to knowledgeably talk about this stuff because I it's mean, way over my head right exactly <laughs> except i mean joe schmo could be writing these things not no and i would believe it because i don't True. know anything about it speaking of i actually read the or listened to, when i was started reading the book the introduction is so well written in a way where it makes you believe that it was real. Yeah. Like I was reading and I was like, are we sure that we didn't clone dinosaurs? <laughs> right. like, this is totally possible. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so the book actually started, uh, he, he wrote it starting as a screenplay to begin with. Um, he uh, Basically, it was started as like a, uh, a story about a graduate student who re- recreates a dinosaur. Eventually, given his reasoning that genetic research is expensive and there's no pressing need to create a dinosaur, um, the author concluded that it would emerge from a desire to entertain, leading to a wildlife park of ex- extinct animals. Uh, originally, the story was going to be told uh, from the viewpoint of a child, mm-hmm. um, but after, you know, his uh team i guess yeah read the story and things like that they were like we're probably it's probably best if it's written yeah from an adult i think so too um as you and i know and most people probably know uh, a sequel to the book was mm-hmm. written uh called the lost world um written obviously by the same author it was published in 1995 um he had no intention of actually writing a, sec- mm-hmm. a sequel but because of the fandom of yeah. the movie that when it came out three years later after the first book Basically, he agreed, and he's like, "Okay, I guess I'll write another yeah. one." But then he was like, "Never again." <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because, in a way, the book does leave on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. but in another way, he killed off certain yeah. characters that we'll and get different, into, characters. different characters that. I could believe that he didn't necessarily want to bring right. this back and he felt like he had to basically. Well, money um, can, money can be persuasive. Yeah. <laughs> and then last but not least in 1997, uh, there was a republished version of the book, basically combining books one and two yeah. to be called Michael Creighton's Jurassic world. So you can purchase, you know, a both of them. version similar to how I purchased the Lord of the Rings. Oh book, yeah. Where I had mm-hmm. all three yeah. in one fascinating are you i know you have young nephews i have a eight-year-old nephew i think he's eight eight or nine um and he's definitely in the dinosaur phase are your nephews into it yes so much so that the other day i got you know those little um like mysterious eggs that you can buy where it has like different Uh stuff there was stuff in there and i mistakenly called a dragon a Mm -hmm. dinosaur and my nephew did not let me live it down he's like um no that's a dragon and it breathes fire yeah it's very different than a dumb (laughs) i felt that is so funny but it's so yes they're very much into that and it's so funny because i don't know if that's just how like their brains develop like the fact that they can like reiterate what the dinosaur names are is wild to me they have lots of like books where you know Mm -hmm. and they'll literally like 
they don't know how to yeah. read yet. They're only three, but they will point mm-hmm. and tell you exactly which. I mean, these kids, these my nephews are geniuses. And yeah. I think age two, yeah. they were already telling me what the planets were, how like Pluto isn't actually a planet. It's a dwarf planet and like all this other stuff that like. You need to keep like, them close because they will take care of you in, in honestly, your old age. Like, we're the hottest planet in the world. I'm like, how do you That's know wild. all these things? I still don't know these things. That is wild. Yeah, yeah they're impressive. little they're little geniuses. Yeah. Um, but I will say, though, like, so my nephew, like I said, he's in third grade now and loves there's a there's a series called camp cretaceous Mm, which mm. is actually it's a cartoon and it's actually jurassic park it's part of like that actual theme or whatever and it's it's a little nicer to watch like it's not as scary or whatever they took him for his birthday to go see the latest jurassic park and he had to leave halfway through because he was so scared and it's like so sad that these kids are like obsessed with these dinosaurs and then they actually see him come to life and they're like pass (laughs) no no, thank you but yeah if you have anyone out there who uh, loves dinosaurs um but is younger camp cretaceous on netflix is definitely the way to go it's really good i should just watch that instead maybe (laughs) i bet your nephews would really like it um there's also this store um you know we're based in arizona in i think it's in tempe it's called tyrannosaurus oh and i've driven past it a million times i was like what is this and i of course got fed an ad for it and it's like a fossil dig place like mm-hmm. you go in and yeah, stuff you tickets. should take it to your nephew i or actually take your almost did because i think you had tickets that you... no i think it's different it's like in it's a little a different it's like in a little strip mall oh. <laughs> i'll show it to you later okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh going back to the fun facts for uh the movie uh rotten tomatoes 91 percent. wow it's a classic has a lot of classic moments that people like grew up on yeah. and but it's very nostalgic point, at, in 2022 doesn't feel old right it didn't feel like kind of a chore to watch this movie yeah. i was like oh okay yeah. like it's, it's entertaining still relevant still like doesn't look like an old movie so i i was happy about yeah that. i mean with only having six movies which i'll i'll list here in a little bit like it's really done very well from going to 1993 to 2022 yeah. is when the latest one come out came out and it's been relevant this yeah. entire time i mean hello star wars i know but they've had way more movies than six True. you know um anyways the budget for this first film was 63 million and as of right now the box office is 1.1 billion dollars wow. which you know a lot of theaters bring it back every now and mm-hmm. then and stuff so i'm sure these people are just still getting royalties i was gonna say <laughs> the royalties are probably crazy on yeah. this one uh, so universal pictures who owns the rights to the movie actually ended up paying michael creighton uh two million dollars for the rights to the novel before it was even published wow so they knew that they were gonna make this way ahead of t- mm-hmm. like it, it's funny though because we hear about this um a lot in these other titles that we do and it's like the movie's made like the next year yeah. or like almost coincides with it so clearly in 1993 they weren't as quick <laughs> well and i heard they won a bidding war to to get this movie like, oh i'm sure a they bunch did of different um uh companies were kind of bidding yeah. to to win it I bet he wishes he had, um, you know, gone for a little bit more than than two million. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Considering how much money this movie is. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Anyways, um, this movie and book actually generated so much interest in dinosaurs after they came out that the study of paleontology had a record increase in students the year after it came out. Ross Geller would be proud. Really, honestly. <laughs> um, so, you know, the infamous Tyrannosaurus Rex, who is who really transcends through these movies. It's like that very, 
iconic sound like the mm. the the roar of the dinosaur i guess it is it's composite it's a composite mix of a dog penguin tiger snarl alligator gurgle and a baby elephant squeal what <laughs> yeah wild yeah i mean and who actually knew what the dinosaurs actually sounded True. like i would assume it would be similar to that nobody was alive so who knows but like the tyrannosaurus roar of Jurassic Park is very iconic. Like yeah. the one that she, the big one that she does. So I thought it was funny that evidently a lot goes into it. <laughs> um, so obviously back in 1993, technology wasn't as great. You know, a lot of the new movies are, are CGI based. They use a lot of that stuff. Um, but they did actually have a giant T-Rex that they use, like animatronic T-Rex that wow. they use. Um, but because it rained so much um, on site that it actually malfunctioned a lot. And they said that the, the T-Rex gave everyone like the heebie-jeebies because <laughs> like they'd be eating lunch and all of a sudden the T-Rex would go off because it was <laughs> malfunctioning. So people were always so scared of it. I just thought that that was it's so like funny. It's like the little Furbies that we used to have as kids. They like It would be in my closet and then out of nowhere it would just go off. I was yeah. terrified of that thing. Oh, yeah. But a T-Rex kind of sounds a little bit scary. Right. A huge T-Rex. <laughs> so you said it rained a lot. So did they actually film this in Costa Rica? Um, I didn't actually look up the... Uh, but it was on some island um so despite the obvious topic of the movie being jurassic park the you know the title of it the dinosaurs actually have a very small part in this movie and collectively we only see 15 minutes of screen time of dinosaurs throughout the entire thing that's impressive considering we're led to believe like yeah. they're being chased this and you know the entire yeah. time it's 11 percent of the movie wow <laughs> so i think it go i think it does increase as more of the movies go on that's but- just the movie magic of steven spielberg mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then lastly, like we've been talking about, there are six movies in this trilogy. There's six <laughs> movies. Sorry, not trilogy. There are six movies in this franchise. I'm sad that I didn't even notice until you stopped talking. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. Six movies yeah, in the trilogy. yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so this one came out called Jurassic Park in 1993. The Lost, the Lost World came out in 97. Um, and then the third one's just called Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> And that came out in 2001. Clever. Then we didn't get another Jurassic movie until Jurassic World came out in 2015. Then Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom in 19 or in 2018, which that one has such a sad scene of dinosaurs burning on an <gasps> island that I said to Ray, never again oh will I watch gosh. it. Um, and then the most recent, and we believe the last Jurassic movie um, came out in 2020 this year called Jurassic World 2022. <laughs> Sorry. Um, called Jurassic World Domin- Domination. Yeah. Dominion. Dominion. Dom- World Dominion. World Dominion. Which was pretty good. It was kind of like a little political. So you said the one before this last one is where they burn? Yes. That's uh, kind of how the, this book ends. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Interesting. Mm-hmm. There are nods to the original book mm-hmm. in some of these later films, yeah, especially I in the next read, one. Yeah, I think I read in bo- from both movies or uh-huh. books because obviously he never wrote the rest of yeah. the series, but they, I guess, took like scenes that we don't get yeah. in like first mm-hmm. and second movie and, and put them in. Yeah. Which is smart. Yeah. Because you already have, you know, some 
something to work with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, so let's talk about the cast. Uh, Dr. Grant, who is the chief paleontologist in these films, um, played by Sam Neill. He's in Jurassic um, 3 and in the latest um, World Dom- or Jurassic World Dominion. That's it? Just these? Just, just those three. Oh. Just those three. Um, yeah, him and Ellie come back in this last one. Oh, okay. So... Um, and he was also in Peaky Blinders and then he was in the, in Thor Ragnarok and Thor Love and Thunder as just kind of a cameo type character. Um, but I think he's so great and he aged very well. Did he? Yeah. He, I mean, he looks just like a nice older version of, <laughs> of himself. Nice. So Good for him. Yeah. He was so, okay. I mean, well, I have zero like frame of reference. I bought it. I bought it that he was a paleontologist. I was yeah, like, yeah, that sure. guy looks like a paleontologist. He was, kind, he was much more crotchety in the movie than That's he was true. in the book. Yeah. Him and Ellie's he, relationship are a little different between book and movie. Yes. Um, she is actually supposed to be much younger in the book mm-hmm. and is only a grad student. Whereas yeah. I think in the movie, she's actually another doctor. Herself. Yeah. And they're like in a relationship. Right. Which <laughs> is not the case in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was... He was fine. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Ellie Sattler, uh, played by Laura Dern, who we love. Mm-hmm. Um, she is it. She's same movie. So she was in Jurassic um, Park, Jurassic Three, and then Jurassic World um, Dominion. She was also in Twin Peaks, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Big Little Lies, Little Women, A Marriage Story, which she won an Oscar for. She's great. She is great. I, I love, love her. her in um, Big Little Lies. Yeah. Like really, like I, yeah. <laughs> and her, she also aged very nicely. She did. Mm-hmm. She did age very nicely. She's she looks very young in this movie. Yes, obviously. Um, I think her dad, her dad's an actor, was an actor, is an actor. Uh, yeah, somebody, something like that. <laughs> um, going on to Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, and I love him. <laughs> He's in Jurassic World. Jurassic the Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World um, Dominion. He's also in Thor Ragnarok as well. Um, yeah, so he actually, not to spoil it, but he doesn't make it out through the first book, right? Well, that's funny. Or we're led you, to believe, right? Well, we're led to believe that, yeah, as I was doing my research, I guess um, Creighton basically wrote him back in. So he's uh, one of those where you think he died, but I guess he didn't actually die. Yeah, because the movie he doesn't definitely doesn't die. Well, I'm, I'm wondering because of the success of the movie mm-hmm. and people probably really liked him playing yeah. this character. He, he was, was great. He was like, oh, I should probably bring him back. For yeah, I mean, he's the comedic relief. I mean, it was just like there's the um, had you seen the meme of Jeff Goldblum like laying in the in the way he was in the movie? I don't think so. So there's like a meme of Jeff Goldblum when he's injured in this movie uh-huh. and he's like laying down with like his hand behind his head or whatever uh, um but it's like a classic movie scene that <laughs> that everyone shares he was very attractive when he yeah. was younger yeah he, i mean, I, mean he, I guess he's attractive still he's now, very but. distinguished looking now he's yeah. actually really good in this last one too he has a pretty big role in it um yeah, he wears like fancy glasses mm-hmm. now <laughs> yeah and now he's in what like capital one commercials i think or he's in oh some, yeah he's he in some a, his voice is very yeah distinct. he has a great voice apartments apartments.com Oh yeah, <laughs> not credit cards. <laughs> but yeah, ten out of ten for Jeff Goldblum yes, always. I him a lot. Um, Hammond, who is the uh, owner of Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. um, is played by Richard Attenborough. Attenborough. Um, he died in night or in twenty fourteen. Um, he won two Oscars for the movie Gandhi in eighty three. Um, he directed it, and so it won for best director and best picture that year. Oh, okay. Um, and then the last Jurassic Park movie that he was in was The Lost World. So he was only in two of them. Got it. Um, His character is very different from book to movie yes. as well. He still owns the 
Park. Uh, but in the movie, he's very much like a likable grandpa mm-hmm. figure that you're like rooting for, but you're like, you're you're kind of a little delusional. Yeah. But in the book, he's very much like, he does not care what anybody thinks. No. He's going to get what he wants to get done. I actually had read somewhere that Creighton wanted him to be like a dark Walt Disney. Oh, like okay. he had this he, big, huge idea and didn't care how dangerous was. And yeah, totally which succeeded. totally makes. But in the but yeah, in the in the movie, he's just like this little old man yeah. who just wants people to love the dinosaurs. Right. He just wants the kids to have a good time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't go through any more characters, but just to note, um, BD Wong is in this movie as one of like the geneticists. And he actually um, I don't think he makes it out of the first book. Nope. Um, but he is in all of the movies as well. Or at least he was in this last one. He's like still a geneticist and a big part of the last he movie. He plays Dr. Wu, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then Samuel Jackson <laughs> is in here um he's so he's another comedic relief but not like on purpose yeah um he's the one that says hold your butts and he doesn't he doesn't make it out of this out of the movie he is the prime example of like you're like you don't know why he's in a movie (laughs) right but you're kind of glad that he's in a movie like have you ever seen deep blue sea no so there's a bunch of like actors and actresses that you would probably recognize, including LL Cool J, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Samuel L. Jackson is in this movie. And as with any of his other roles, he's yeah. iconic in it. And he dies in the most iconic way mm-hmm. where he, they're like, it's basically about um, sharks. Yeah. Uh, and they like, you know, it's kind of like Jurassic Park, actually, where yeah. they kind of, you know, mm-hmm. escape or whatever. And they're in this like underground, you know, where they like, take mm-hmm. care of them or whatever and he's like standing and giving like this big speech to all the other uh, yeah. characters <laughs> and right from behind the uh, the shark just comes and like chomps down on him and just takes oh him my under, gosh <laughs> which is like so great i will say we don't fu- in the in the movie we don't fully know that he died we I know mean... that he just doesn't have an arm anymore <laughs> We don't actually see his death in the, in the movie. to assume he died. I'm just saying. But yes, he also, I think he dies in a very similar way in the yeah. book as well. Um, and then uh, lastly, uh, Wayne Knight plays Ned Landry, and he's a iconic character from uh, Seinfeld. Um, but yeah, he doesn't last very long in this yeah, movie either. Not so great no. Um, uh, and then they have the two kids or whatever, but whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Or whatever. And in the m- book, the kids' ages are sw- are swapped. swapped. So the boy is actually supposed to be older, yeah. and the girl is younger, which actually kind of makes sense considering yeah. the boy knows a lot more about dinosaurs. I like that they did and that. Towards the end, they mm-hmm. kind of help out the uh, older people with you know the um. Uh, fixing the issues of the park yeah and it makes a lot more sense to have the herbie old yeah herbie older well but i would have it would have made more sense i don't know if they would have kept him as older Mm -hmm. and then he was the one that helped yeah because he knows i don't know they made it seem like she knows a lot about computers and stuff and i was just like yeah i don't believe she's a hacker (laughs) right she's a hacker (laughs) uh but yeah so and then obviously throughout the jurassic world um you know, franchise, we see a lot more big, we see the bigger names come through with Chris Pratt and all this. So you just wanted to say Chris Pratt. Of course. <laughs> of course. But yeah, going back to Samuel Jackson, he's one of those actors that, um, for me, legitimizes a movie, which we've yeah. talked about before. There's few, there's some actors that anytime they're in it, you're like, all right, cool. It's yeah. at least a legit movie, but there's also the opposite. Like if you put, um, John Cena in anything, I'm like, this is a joke. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, there's those type of actors, too. That's fair. That's fair. So. Speaking of Chris Pratt, um, and uh, related but not, not really related, I went to um, 
Universal Studios Orlando mm-hmm. not too yeah. long ago, and they have a Jurassic Park yeah, ride. They sure do. Which is a great ride, by the way. Um, and they've clearly upgraded it because uh-huh. now Chris Pratt and, oh gosh, I'm going to forget her name. That um, one. I know who you're talking about. That one, mm-hmm. who also is in the movie, is like, you know, when you're walking through the mm-hmm. line, they have like this video playing and stuff. So it's it's been upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> since they uh, <laughs> since they joined. But I the mean, at that that ride has been at Universal That's Studios what I'm saying. for like, years. They've, they've clearly upgraded it or updated it. So I want to go back to Universal Studios. It was so good. I went so by great. myself. I highly recommend going to um, a theme park by yourself because you are not at the mercy of anybody else, and you get to do what you want to do. However. Do not go dehydrated and do not go hungry <laughs> or sleepy <laughs> or sleepy because by about 2 p.m. you will inevitably crash, right. uh, which is what I almost did. I was actually in the line for the Jurassic Park ride and I had like this like, candy left over in my purse. Yeah. I was like munching on oh it like my a gosh. crazy person. I think the people in front of me were like, should we like help this girl? <laughs> she looks a little uh, nauseous. I appreciate the determination. <laughs> Listen, I, I had a mission and I accomplished <laughs> that mission. It was to go to Universal Orlando. Anyway. All right. Time for who said it. Your first quote is, there's absolutely no problem with the island. Hammond. Mm, no, Gennaro. Oh. Who's the lawyer slash, mm-hmm. I don't know, Hammond's like. Advisor. Advisor. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one is, it's not an ordinary zoo. This zoo is unique in the world. Hammond. No. <laughs> this one, you're going to get mad at me. It's, um. Dodgson, Dodgson, Dodgson. He's like the one that's like trying to get the embryos. We like mm-hmm. briefly get a like clip of him in the movie, but I just like that quote. Great. <laughs> and last but not least, you know, at times like this, one feels, well, perhaps extinct animals should be left extinct. <laughs> Dr. Grant. <laughs> Close. Dr. Or Malcolm. Uh, Was he a doctor too? Dr. Malcolm? Yeah. Yeah. He he's a, he's a yeah. mathematician doctor. Yes. That's funny. All right. So your options for F. Mary Kill are Dr. Alan Grant. Dr. Ian Malcolm and Dr. Ellie Sattler giving you all the doctors. Uh, all right. I am. Oof. I will marry Dr. Grant because he seems very just reasonable. Okay. Like he'll give you a chance, mm-hmm. but like at the end of the day, he'll tell you if you're crazy. Okay. Um, I guess I will kill uh, Dr. Sattler, which there was a couple times in the movie I was like, you are not who I'd want to come rescue me. <laughs> You're hobbling around with a shotgun. <laughs> um, so then I will uh, take a tour through Jurassic Park with, with, Ian, with Ian Malcolm. Okay. Um, I'm going to marry Ian Malcolm because you know how I love a good humorous man. Yes, that's um, true. I will take my journey through Jurassic Park with Alan Grant because not only is he knowledgeable but he's not bad on the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will also kill. Yeah. Sattler, she was kind of annoying. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into the movie. Uh, so the movie starts off vastly different than the book starts. Yeah, um, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah. Very, very different. So um, really. Although it's about the same situation. True. Because the prologue or introduction is True. about what's happening. In yeah. The beginning of the movie. Yeah, kind of. Um, so, but we see uh, a cage being like lowered down into something. And we we find out we are 120 miles off, off of Costa Rica. So we're like in the middle of absolutely mm-hmm. nowhere. Um, and then we see, you know, the gate open up and we see a man get attacked and then he dies. And, and there's no like saving this man at all. <laughs> 
<laughs> like he's getting eaten in yeah. the in the in the yeah. movie. In the book, we do get this scene where this guy gets attacked, but he's still kind of alive. And that's how the book starts. So we get this um, doctor by the name of Carter who um, is taking care of presumably yeah. this man who was attacked. And basically, they're trying to figure out like who or what attacked this man because they can't really figure it out. But at some point, someone randomly in the hospital is like, oh, it was a raptor. And she's like, haha, that's funny. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, you're serious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which leads into a story about this family, um, the Bowen family, who go to uh, the beach in Costa Rica. They're on a vacation. And their daughter named Tina comes across a little baby dinosaur, which we don't know that until later. But basically, um, she interacts with this dinosaur, and then the dinosaur ends up biting her, like, multiple times. Uh, So they go, you know, they take her to the hospital and uh, get her checked out and everything, and everyone's, like, trying to figure out what this thing is. Mm -hmm. Long story short, um, an American doctor basically comes to see her and says, oh, this is a basilisk lizard, which is, Mm -hmm. like, basilisk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and that's what bit her, blah, 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 blah. Later, we find out that, like, another baby was bitten by these so-called lizards. Um, but basically, what we what we come to find out towards the end of this introduction of the book is that um, these lizards are actually baby dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And they're on the loose in Costa Rica. And they're basically wreaking <laughs> havoc. Right. And they don't know where they're coming from. They're, like, from. killing babies. Yeah, like, multiple babies. Yeah. Um, so, anyway... That's kind of how we get introduced, which I'm thinking I'm led to believe that those are dinosaurs like that are accidentally being bred on the eye yes. or on uh, Jurassic Park. And like, yes. Okay. That's yes. what I figured. <laughs> yeah. I like, I don't so know. So that scene that you just described is actually the opening of the lost world. Which so we do get notes, it yeah. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so, which I'm glad because that's a pretty compelling mm-hmm. like, scene to, yeah. to kind of see. So, um, so, but then the movie continues with, we see this, a businessman who we come to find out is, uh, what's his name? Geronimo. Mm-hmm. Gennaro. Um, and he is like taking this riverboat cruise, the jungle cruise from Disneyland, to um these mines. And we find out that they're amber mines and they're basically um you know, well, we find out more about this amber in a little bit, but he's basically there because he like the workers' families are suing, especially the guy who just died, mm-hmm. that family is suing the park. Um, for wrongful death. So he is there to find out what exactly happened and if this place is even safe. Right. Because the goal is to actually open this park. Right. But in order to do so, they need to settle this situation first. Correct. And so at this point, he he's the one that is like, I need Alan Grant. Like, he's the one that needs him. So then to end this scene, we see a guy who is harvesting or he finds, like, this amber, like, stone thing. And we see that there is a bug inside, mm-hmm. which we come back to later. Um, but now we're in the Badlands of Montana. And <laughs> we don't get the exact connection how we get uh grant and sattler as we do in the book like in the movie we're just we're just there yeah but there's a few steps to get to them in the book like with how they're like sending the lizard to them to figure out who the oh, what yeah, this they lizard get a, they is get like a uh, uh what are those things called a fax <laughs> basically uh from that doctor who helped yeah. out being like hey we you know we We've seen this animal. We're trying to figure out what it is. Can you help us? But at the same time, we get the scene that you're going to talk Mm -hmm. about. But in the book, we actually get a man by the name of Morris. He's an EPA who comes to visit them Mm -hmm. asking about 
Hammond. Asking about kind of his work, how Grant is involved with Hammond, like what the situation Mm -hmm. is there and like how Hammond has basically been funding them this entire time. And basically without telling him much of anything, they're like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's good people. He's he's fine, whatever. And they get a call, which is the scene that we get in the movie. So we are basically introduced to Grant and Sattler as they're digging up fossils, you know, and, and dusting off these fossils and that they've actually discovered a raptor. Um, and it's a lot bigger in the book than it's described, or sorry, it's a lot bigger in the movie than it's described in the book. In the book, it's like this little tiny baby raptor. Yeah. Um, well, they have to make it look cool. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, you know, they actually start talking, you know, it's been, you know, it's been brought to people's attentions that, you know, birds and dinosaurs are not you know too far apart you know and that they probably a lot of them were covered with feathers which is which is interesting because it's always been kind of a critique of these these young these earlier movies Mm -hmm. about how the dinosaurs don't really look as close to as they might have actually looked and in the most recent jurassic park they actually put a lot of feathers on a lot of the dinosaurs which is interesting well i don't know the whole time grant was explaining this i was like i believe every word you're saying absolutely yeah so (laughs) did you see the curvature (laughs) i know right so he's talking about how dinosaurs you know grant brings up you know that dinosaurs are really a lot more like birds than they are reptiles, which people, you know, have led to believe for so long. Um, and then some like random kid is on this dig (laughs) and he basically like claps back at Dr. Grant about, you know, that that's not true or whatever. And Grant like gets in his face and is like, basically scares him to death mm-hmm. about being torn apart by a raptor. And uh boyfriend Ray actually told me that there is a fan theory out there that that kid the character is supposedly Chris Pratt grown up. Like he grows into it. Chris Pratt and that's how he's become, you know, a dinosaur fanatic. I could see it. Chris Pratt has really pretty eyes, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, not this that, not does. the actual kid. Like that's not actually I him. Know, I'm but... just saying. <laughs> so <laughs> if we're going to make it I believable. Know. Um, but now we see, look, there's a helicopter coming in and unlike the book, um, John Hammond actually comes and visits them. Mm. So different of who comes to get them. Yeah. Um, between book and movie and you know and the whole thing about the phone call that they get in the book is about the lizards this has nothing to do with the lizards because the lizards don't really exist in this movie Mm -hmm. um but anyways we find out that john hammond has been you know funding their digs for this whole time that they've been out there and he wants them to come to his park and sign off that it's safe and that it's legit, <laughs> but doesn't really tell them, you know, anything. what it, anything. And he's like, just come from the weekend. It'll be great. And if you come, I will fund your digs for the next like three or four years. Yeah. So they're like, okay, There's like no one weekend. Okay. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so we're off to Costa Rica now. Hello. <laughs> so fast forward to that. And so this is where, um, the first scene we get in Costa Rica though, is we see a man who you talked about in your quotes. Yeah, Do- um, Dodgson, I think. <laughs> yeah, goes to see um, a man named Nedry who works at Jurassic Park as like a tech guy, I guess. Yeah, he's the computer guy. <clears throat> yeah, who has access to potentially getting embryos um, of these dinosaurs. It's explained a lot more in the book, but basically there's other companies who are kind of aware of what Hammond is trying mm-hmm. to do in cloning dinosaurs and so these companies want to get these embryos so they can catch up on all this research and science that they are behind on literally like 
real life. Right. <laughs> it's like, how do we catch up to whoever is the first person who did all of the things? Right. That they, exactly. I mean? <laughs> so he gives them like half the money to, to start or to steal these embryos. They have this plan. There's like these shaving canister, cream canisters <laughs> um, that he's going to be able to get the embryos out with, um, which is exactly how it is in the book. Correct. So it's kind of cool yeah. to see it come to life. Um, but now we're on the helicopter and this is where we meet, uh, Ian Malcolm and that he is a mathematician and he is there to, I guess, try to figure out if all of the mechanisms and everything that they're doing is really going to like be legit safe at this park. (laughs) I was like, I don't know why you're here, but I'm glad you are. I know. Right. (laughs) So they finally get to the Island. Like they have to like drop down. That was cool. (laughs) Yeah. It made me never want to be in a helicopter. Why? It's very scary. That would be so, are you kidding me to helicopter down into an Island? No, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, but so they get to the Island and these Jeeps. So the, you know, the icon, Jurassic Park Jeeps that I think people even drive around. Like I've seen people with like decal. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Come to pick them up and they're going through these like huge fences, like big electric fences. And I would have been like, I am out of here. Like, what are you trying to keep in here? Like, I am out of here. Like, how is that not an immediate red flag for them? Right. (laughs) I know. So anyway, so they're driving in and they slow down and they're kind of the top of this hill into this like field and they see dinosaurs the brachiosaurus i think it was so cool. <laughs> um Is i think the long neck one yes yeah. i the think plant eating one yes <laughs> i think that that's not the first place that they see dinosaurs in the book though like i thought it was like on their tour when they actually see the first dinosaur that's true you're right like they don't because they yeah they come in they do their whole sh- he d- hammond does this whole spiel about mm-hmm. why they're there and yeah. then they go on the official i tour. actually like this scene a lot better. yeah it's like you 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 come to this movie yeah. expecting dinosaurs oh you asked me where this was filmed this is one million percent filmed in hawaii oh, like it's sense. it's you can take jurassic park jeep tours there oh, i knew okay. that for it's like lost. It's exactly like lost. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Any chance I could talk about lost. Um, so anyways, they're trying to, you know, it's this really cool scene where Sattler and Grant are just like in disbelief that there's actual like living, breathing, moving dinosaurs there. And Hammond <laughs> mentions, Oh yeah. And like the T-Rex and they're like, you have a T-Rex. <laughs> like, are you freaking kidding me? What would you do? If you were them. Poop my pants. Well, like, you, not were them because you would be a doctor and you would be very yeah. excited. What would you, Hannah, do? <laughs> I'd be like, I would poop my pants. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't want to be anywhere near a T-Rex. Like, I don't. There's no reason for me to be near a T-Rex. But, like, how cool would that be? Be really cool. Take me to the Stegosauruses. <laughs> those are my jam. Like, I will all day, every day. Are those the horned ones? Yeah. yeah. That kind of look like my dog. <laughs> you know? Totally. Right? You know, take me to those any day. Or these like brachios- the bra- brachiosaurus. Yeah. yeah. Anything that's not going to eat me. How about a pterodactyl? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, those things are the most terrifying things. And in the later movies, they get more oh, terrifying. Gosh. You need to just watch all of them. I, right. They're very entertaining. Maybe I will. Um, anyways, so this is where we get the famous line where John Hammond goes, welcome to Jurassic Park. Very you cool. know, very, very cool. cool. Um, so obviously the big question is how, like, how is this even 
happening right (laughs) um so they start them on this like i guess kind of tour it's like a little ride almost and they take them to watch this movie it's like star tours yeah exactly (laughs) and little mr dna pops up which is funny because you know funko's actually has a mr dna it's really cute um but he's you know kind of explaining it in you know a way that almost children or just normal people can under understand what they're doing And this is where we get the explanation of these amber mines and how, you know, millions and millions of years ago, which makes my head hurt even thinking about, you know, but it's possible that (laughs) these mosquitoes bit the dinosaurs, which then got the blood of the dinosaurs. Then they were on the trees and the tree sap would fall over them. And then that would eventually fossilize into amber and preserve (laughs) the mosquito so they have found these bugs in the amber and have been able to um extract the dino blood from the butts of the mosquitoes to get the dino dna hold hold on to your butts hold on to your butts (laughs) gird your loins gird your loins (laughs) so anyway so that's how you know in a nutshell how this came to be fascinating so but of course like the next part of the tour is like the science labs and of course like Grant is like, I'm out of here. I got to go see these, you know, I got to go like, see this these dinosaurs. Fun, fine and everything, but like, I need to actually. Right. So this is where we get introduced to Dr. Wu Henry. And he's like, yeah. And we also have like babies and they're like babies. And we end up seeing these little dinosaur eggs and they hatch right there. And they're little baby raptors. I love when Hammond's like, I am. They need a mother figure in their life. And like, yeah. I've seen every single one birth. I'm yeah. Like, and they oh imprint God. on him. I'm like, <laughs> this guy is gone. Um, but interesting. If they don't go into detail in the movie, which is a total downer in the book, they talk about how a lot of these babies don't actually even make it very far. It's like a couple days in and they're all dead. I mean, are we surprised though? They're no. g- genetically manufacturing these things. Correct. <laughs> like- Correct. So they go into detail, you know, Dr. Wu goes into um, detail about how they've, you know, genetically changed the DNA in all these dinosaurs to make them female because they think if they're all female, um, they won't breed. Right. Which Ian Malcolm. Which will be able to kind of, you know, manage Correct. the number of dinosaurs that they have at the park. Correct. Um, however, this is where Ian Malcolm's like, nature always finds a way. Yeah. So he's like, you can make them all female, but eventually they will figure out a way to reproduce, yeah. which actually ends up happening. Weird. Crazy, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, at this point, Dr. S- Dr. Grant is like, you have raptors? Like, full-blown raptors which actually end up end up becoming like the main dinosaur in some of these later movies where everyone focuses on the raptors why are raptors more scary than a t-rex though i don't know because they're like really quick and like you can at least hear when a t-rex is coming true i don't know watch the rest of the movies and there is a specific scene that i will never forget in the second movie and they're in these like it's like tall grass, right? And people are, these raptors are after them. Oh and you see the guys like walking through this tall grass and it's like a bird's eye view of it. And you see just the trail of the guy running and then you see the raptors come eat trail. I just Ooh. got chills. <laughs> Ooh, I will never forget. I will have that to look anyway, forward to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, so they're like, he's like, can we go see the raptors, right? So luckily for him, it's feeding time. Oh gosh. Um, and the poor cow. 
poor cow. Poor cow, right? Full blown, fully grown cow. <laughs> yeah. So they talk about how the raptors are very smart and how they actually don't have as many raptors anymore because there's one alpha female in this pack who has killed most of the raptors and that she's very smart and that they love to hunt. And so they, and that they're lethal at eight months. Yeah. (laughs) Fascinating. Could you imagine? Terrifying. Right. So anyway, so um, we'll come back to the raptors in a little bit. So we find out, you know, that John Hammond has big plans for this place. Like, you know, all of the merchandise, like people step aside, just, Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah. Just like big, big plans, big tourist attraction, but he doesn't want it to just be for the rich. He wants it, you know, for the poor people too, which, I'm, and then the lawyer's like, well, I guess we can have a coupon night. I'm like, sign me up for the coupon night. Um, which is Two interesting. <laughs> Again, we'll see, you see it in all these last three movies, especially not fallen kingdom. The one before it, um, it's very much this is probably what Hammond's vision was. They actually do they open create, it. They actually create um a theme park around the dinosaurs and it's a tourist attraction. And the dinosaurs come in. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like there's these little hamster balls you can roll around in and within the dinosaurs. Like it's wild. No, no, no. Do they open it with the intention of having the dinosaurs or do the dinosaurs come in and like No, no, no. the dinosaurs are there. Oh. Like so they, they successfully do open a, a oh Jurassic Park. I'm going to have to watch these movies. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Anyways, so Malcolm, though, is very, very skeptical, as we all should be. And he's worried about the dangers. And he's like, this is crazy, right? Um, Well, Hammond doesn't care. And he invited his grandkids to come. (laughs) They're like, for no reason other than, like, their parents are getting divorced and You know what's a good idea? Throw some kids into the mix. Correct. So they show up. um, And this is where we meet Tim and Lex. And like you said before, um, in the book, Lex is the younger one um, and Tim is older and is flopped in this movie. Um, Tim is wildly obsessed with dinosaurs and Lex is kind of more into it in the movie than she is in the book. Like the book, she's like, I just want to play baseball. Like I want nothing to do with this. She is not not at all concerned with what these dinosaurs are doing. Tim is also obsessed with Dr. Grant (laughs) because he's read his books. Like it's really cute. I actually love what they did with the dynamic between those two. Well, and in the movie, which we don't really get in the book, like I said, he's uh, Grant is more crotchety and like he doesn't like children. And the fact that these kids are like, (laughs) basically gluing themselves to him. He is not a fan of. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, so the Jeeps come, or I guess they're explorers. The vehicles show up to take them on a tour around the park. And it's like, almost like, I don't know, like, you know, Autotopia at Disneyland. It's kind of like that type of car. Like they're on tracks, right, right. you know, there's, so you no can't, driver. there's no driver ahead of their time. They had no driver, right. <laughs> which I never want to get into one of those cars. That just sounds terrifying. Honestly. Absolutely not. Um, but we also find out at this time that a storm is headed to the island. And this is where Samuel L. Jackson says, hold on to your butts. And you're thinking, <laughs> What could go wrong? Why? It's just a storm. Well, the storm could knock out the power, which is the security system for these freaking dinosaurs, right? So anyways, they start their tour. Um, Their tour. Their tour. Their tour. (laughs) Yes, Miss Canadian. We proved that you are wrong in this one. No, it's tour. It's fine. Tour. It's fine. Anyways, their tour starts, (laughs) and they start at the Dilophosaurus's. (laughs) these names i think that's correct that's what i have Um, in my notes (laughs) but these are very poisonous and they actually don't see them in the book i think they see them in the trees 
they don't move or whatever, but they can't really see them. But like the kids are like, this is lame. It's like when you go to the zoo <laughs> yeah, and, and all the animals are sleeping yeah. and you're like, why am I even here? Well, that's how it is at any <laughs> zoo in, in Arizona when yeah, it's, it's so hot. hot. Like yeah. none of the, an- the animals are up. Absolutely Poor not. Babies. I know. That's why you just go to the aquarium. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, so we also now see Ned uh, Nedry in like the tech room or whatever. And he's with Hammond and those two actually start getting into it about money. And John Hammond's like, it's not my fault that you like don't can't control your finances. Like, it's not my responsibility to pay you more because you're broke. Like, sorry. And, you know, he's like, there's all these glitches in the systems. Like, you know, this is where it really starts to come out that everything is not running smoothly <laughs> at all, <laughs> which is f- great when people are actually out on the tour. Right. Nedry says like something, blah, blah, blah. Dad, I thought he was actually his dad yeah it's no right. it's just okay. him being like eh, okay oh, yeah. dad got it you know like when you tell me to like clean up I'm like hey mom i tell you to clean up no i'm just using that as an example <laughs> okay um so now the the tour though is nearing the t-rex zone and of course they can't see it t- it's just a bunch of trees <laughs> you know and so they try yeah, to it's te- not just like hanging out <laughs> so they try to tempt the but like what does a t-rex do just like just just sit there it grazes all day probably on what i don't know animals <laughs> see a t-rex just like sitting down they don't <laughs> sit do they sit i don't know like don't th- how do they sleep do dinosaurs sleep standing up i would think that a t-rex would just stand like this Aww. i know you got you all can't see me just <laughs> i don't feel like that's <laughs> accurate why not there's animals that sleep standing up i know it's weird though anyways anywho i'll act i'll ask a paleontologist next time <laughs> Well, ask Ross Geller. Uh, so anyways, they try to tempt it out with a goat, the poor goat, um, but nothing happens. T-Rex is like, no, thank you. Um, so, but Alan decides to get out um, because he sees something, you know, in like the field while they're, you know, taking the tour. And this is where we see a, uh, a Triceratops. Actually, that's it. Not a Stegosaurus. I like the Triceratops. Is that what you said? You said Stegosaurus? I think I said Stegosaurus. Is that an actual dinosaur? Yeah, that's one that just has like um, that like, sounds the, like a the pointy mythical ones. Mythical creature. No, Stegosaurus is. It's the one that's like uh, spikes all up its back. Oh, the, okay. The Triceratops is the one with like the, the headpiece. The head, the headpiece. And the yeah, it's more like a rhino. Yeah. Anyways, they find it's a very sick Triceratops and Ellie tries to find out. Well, it's really gross. It's like these giant like poop droppings mm-hmm. that ellie like sticks her hand in <laughs> to try to figure out what's wrong with it yeah. um come to find out that some of the foliage um foliage, on, foliage <laughs> on the um on this island is toxic. is very toxic yeah. to these animals um because they've also like brought in not only the dinosaurs but like trees and plants and stuff that would have been in the prehistoric time when i um when i saw this scene i thought that she was gonna find out that like she was pregnant mm-hmm. that the dinosaur was pregnant and then like we would debunk all yeah. of dr Wu's like mm-hmm. you know things that apparently that they can't breathe not quite yet so the storm is still headed directly to the island and so this is where nedry's like all right i need to make my move towards these embryos I guess they can't be pregnant though they would just lay an egg yeah <laughs> never mind <laughs> anyways <laughs> and so nedry ends up you know, all the security systems start crashing and Nedry has like set something up like a bug in this system. So it'll shut down the security system so he can go in and grab these embryos. I love how he tells everyone like, 
no big deal if some of them just kind of go off. Right. It's fine. (laughs) Um, However, though, while it's some of the systems inside, it's also some of the fencing outside, which is keeping the dinosaurs in. So Nedry grabs the embryos and he starts making his escape. Um, So now the vehicles on the tour are back at the T-Rex area and it's they basically stopped because of the rain and they're offline. They they have no communication with anyone. And Tim finds these like cool um, infrared night vision goggles. Yes. <laughs> he's like, are they heavy? And he's like, yes. He's like, then they're expensive. Put them down. <laughs> he does not. Right. So, but at this point they start feeling big footsteps, like, like my neighbors upstairs <laughs> and, and all of a sudden we see that the goat is gone. The goat has been eaten and a leg from the goat drops on top of the car and the T-Rex is there. Hello. Uh, I'm here. Um, so like an idiot. So, oh, so we should have explained. So there's two, there's two vehicles. Um, the first vehicle has Lex, Tim and the lawyer. Gennaro. Yeah. And then the other vehicle has Malcolm, Sattler and Grant in it. So not Sattler. Not Sattler. Who is the third? Is it just the two of them in there? Uh, maybe. Know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because Sattler stayed back yeah, yeah, with yeah. the Triceratops. You're yes. right. Um, so, but once the T-Rex comes, Gennaro freaks out and he leaves the, the two kids in the car alone and heads for the porta-potties. How rude. One, why? And he doesn't close the door. <laughs> right. One random porta-potties. Why is there? I guess. So, anyways, the kids are like, "Oh my god, he left us by himself." So, at this point, though, the fencing the fencing systems are down. So the T Rex breaks through the fence, and Lex, like the (laughs) dumb kid she is, has this flashlight that she finds and is drawing attention with this stupid flashlight in the car. And the T Rex ends up breaking the glass um, of the roof of the car. And knocks the car over and the kids are still in it. And so Dr. Grant and Ian end up using like these flares to distract the T-Rex, which actually ends up, um, they, they, uh, do a nod to this in one of the later movies with like the flare and stuff. Uh, And, um, (laughs) so, but the T-Rex doesn't want the flares. He wants the porta potty. <laughs> so he smells something delicious in, in there. <laughs> one of the most epic ways to die in a movie. The T Rex blows over the porta potty or like the porta hut and eats uh, Gennaro on the toilet, which does not him down. happen in the book, but is so great and so it iconic. Great. It's great. Um, yeah, actually, Gennaro ends up uh, surviving throughout the entire yeah. book and actually helps Grant and Sattler like throughout the book to like save them. <laughs> so at this point, Lex gets out of the car um, and the T-Rex ends up knocking the car off of like this ledge Ridge area. And Tim is still in the car. Yes. So Tim goes through a lot in this movie. Poor kid. Yeah. Which is sad because in the book, he's a little bit older. Yeah. Not that it's like any better, yeah. but in the movie, he's like what? Seven, eight, yeah, eight tops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, but now we see Ellie, who is with, um, what's his name? He's like the hunter guy. Muldoon? Yeah. He's like one of the guys that's like basically there to help keep the animals at bay, right. I guess. Um, so she's with him and they're trying to go out and, and help them because they know they haven't come back yet. So they were like, okay, let's go. We got to go help them. 
Um, we now are back with Ned, who's trying to make his escape. And he ends up crashing the vehicle. Nedry? Nedry, sorry. Uh, and he ends up crashing the vehicle and he like lands in the Dilophosaurus area. And he like fumbles out of his car. He loses the shaving cream with the embryos in it. And then he comes face to face with one of these dinosaurs. And this is the dinosaur that um, spits poison, mm-hmm. which... Sounds awful. Sounds awful, right? But it's the big dinosaur that's almost like a peacock type thing. Like it like lets out its gills. It was, it was like the um what's the thing in the first The demigorgon. Thank you, the demigorgon. Yes. Like um so he ends up getting attacked by a couple of those in his car and he and he dies. <laughs> and like his entire mission was to get these freaking right. embryos out of uh, off this island. And uh, mind you, it was storming during this scene. Not that, you know, he could have he probably would have crashed anyway. It's called instant karma. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, in the book, I can't remember who it is, but they actually do end up finding him and his bot, like finding mm-hmm. his body. And somebody's like, so should we like move him? And they're like, no, no he sealed fine. his own fate. He's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so Tim is still in the car that's stuck in the tree. So Dr. Grant actually ends up climbing up the tree uh, to get Tim out of the Jeep before it falls down. Um, very dramatically, right. but they, but they are now safe and on the ground. It was like the Whomping Willow. Yes. <laughs> so Ellie ends up finding Ian and Ian is her, his leg is hurt, um, from the dinosaur and they see the other car, you know, has fallen. They get down very quickly. Like, it's like they're helping Ian and then all of a sudden they're down at the, at the bottom of this, like cliff thing at the car yeah. <laughs> that that fell in the tree um but uh dr grant and the kids are not there <laughs> so this next scene is actually really cool too so they're back in the jeep trying to get ian to like the front office so they can help you know take care of his leg and while he, so he's like in the back of the jeep going backwards and all of a sudden <laughs> they see the t-rex coming oh yeah and they end up getting chased by the t-rex and ian is just like can you go faster we need to go faster and they end up they do end up getting away from him somehow but well doesn't he accidentally um push the gear into the wrong like the, the gear of the car and yeah they got, muldoon's like get off of yeah my <laughs> um but now we're with grant and the kids they end up finding um like a safe place in a tree to like sleep for the night and they see the brachiosauruses alan like calls to them very sweet um back at the main office or the main hub um at the gift shop (laughs) which i'm like sign me up for the gift shop you know i love a good gift shop um we see ellie and dr hammond having a nice little chat over some ice cream basically dr hammond's like you know is he a doctor i don't know Mm. well Probably not. Probably not. John Hammond. <laughs> um, you know, just basically talking about what, you know, his hopes and dreams were for this park. And he can see them all just like spiraling at this point. It, it, like that's such a sad scene. Cause you I can know. tell this, all this, like we said earlier, all this man wanted to do was like bring some joy into the I world. Know. And it's failing miserably. But basically Ellie just like yells at him. <laughs> She's, <laughs> She's like, how dare you? Yeah, right. Um, so, but it's so the next morning and Dr. Grant and the kids are woken up by the Brachiosauruses. And this is another iconic scene where one of the dinosaurs sneezes on Lex mm-hmm. and it's disgusting. <laughs> but as they're walking back, um, this is where they actually end up finding, Finding dinosaur eggs so this is now they have now disproven the fact that 
these dinosaurs have can't reproduce. Right. So they now Clearly they are. <laughs> so they now know that they, you know, you know, nature found its way. Yeah, basically he says something about how cuz they use frog DNA mm-hmm. to fill in the missing pieces of the right. DNA from the dinosaur. But what Grant says is that essentially frogs during their life mm-hmm. cycle they have the potential of changing genders throughout. Yeah. So if they use frog DNA, there's a very good chance that some of these dinosaurs yep. turned into males at some point. <laughs> Nature's going to nature. Nope. Yep. <laughs> so uh, John Hammond now, he wants to like shut down the entire system because he knows that like whatever Nedry did to the system, they need to like completely reboot it because they can't reset it or they can't like fix it without him being there. Yeah. So, you know, and they're like, well, what if, you know, what if these dinosaurs get off the island? And this is where they end up telling us that the, if the dinosaurs supposedly get off the island, there's like some amino acid or something in their DNA that will basically kill them if they are off Mm -hmm. this island. And I was like, I don't buy that for a second. Speaking of being off the island in the book, I think it's barely mentioned in the movie, but in the book, there is a um, ship that is coming to their island mm-hmm. to do like a transfer of you know materials yeah. or whatever. Basically, during this whole chaotic situation, they realize that if this ship docks, these dinosaurs have the potential of <laughs> leaving and potentially going off yeah. and like you know breeding elsewhere so this entire time they're also trying to get this ship to basically turn around and not yeah. dock so that that doesn't happen <laughs> so in in everything that is going on they also have this other chaotic situation yeah. going on too so so john hammond decides that you know okay let's just shut it down and samuel jackson's like all right we're shutting it down hold <laughs> on to your butts <laughs> I just want to, st- I'm going to put that in my repertoire of like everyday talking. Oh, okay. Hold yeah. on to your butts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and so Dr. Grant now they're like trying to walk back towards like the main buildings and they end up running into a flock of Gal- Gallimimus, Gallimimus, which are kind of almost like elks or something i don't know and but they're like oh they're so beautiful and then they're like what are they running from oh the giant t-rex that's trying to eat them like like it's it was very like um you know if you're watching like an african safari and a lion is chasing what an antelope or whatever those things are um sure yeah um lion eh, dinosaur whatever so now that they shut down the security system though they need someone to go basically flip the breakers in this like other random shed somewhere i was like this is the worst like thought out place ever right honestly so i wonder everything's going wrong so ellie's like i will do it so (laughs) she heads out to try to go do this but in the meantime while she's while she's walking there, she realizes that the raptors have escaped. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which I would have turned right back around. Yeah, I'm like, um, that's okay. Yeah, so Ellie finally gets to the shed. She makes the run for it, and she's in there. Um, at the same time now, we see, because these two see, these, these are happening, happening simultaneous, simultaneously. Simultaneously? Yes. Yep. Um, the kids and Dr. Grant get to one of the really big high electric fences and they can't get through it. So they have to go over it. So they start climbing the fence, right? This is so like, I know. So we're watching them climb this electric fence because it's off right now. Right. Well, we also know at the same time, Ellie is trying to flip the breaker, which will turn the electric fences back on. Correct. 
Well, Dr. Grant and Lex get down safely. However, Tim stumbles a little bit and then putzes around and unfortunately doesn't get down off of this fence. And, and Ellie flips the breaker and Tim goes flying and is electrocuted. Poor Timmy. He's fine, though. He stops breathing for a second, and then Dr. Grant brings him back. He him. So he has now gotten into a car accident and has gotten completely electrocuted. This is not a good week for Timmy. No. <laughs> no. Um, but, and this is also a crazy scene. So Ellie's just flipped the breaker. She's, like, so excited that she is so relieved. And then this raptor pops out next to her that so, was scary so then she goes running and then like as she's in there she ends up like this like hand falls on her but it's actually samuel jackson's hand severed hand. severed hand or arm or whatever so he did supposedly it, he is right <laughs> yeah I'm, he doesn't come no. into the other movies no um so anyway so while she's in there we see um God, I can't remember his name. The guy, the hunter guy. Yeah, Muldoon. He's out there trying to, like, basically hunt these raptors. And, like, the raptors had figured out how to use one of them as bait while the other one is hunting him. And in this scene, when he realizes what happens and he knows he's about to die, he says, clever girl. And that is something that, again, gets brought up in the Chris Pratt movies. So love it. Big circle. Love these nods. I know. Um, so he actually survives in the book, though, doesn't he? I'm trying to remember. Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. So Dr. Grant, you know, resuscitates Tim. They finally get back to the visitor center. Um, the kids go directly to the dessert buffet, which Naturally. is what I would do. Right. I mean, they haven't eaten in over a day, yeah, I think. Right. Crazy. And. Dr. Grant finds Ellie. They have this little like reunion. Great. Everyone's great. Right. Wrong. The Raptors, the Raptors are now in the visitor center. The kids run to the kitchen and this is an iconic scene of all movies where the kids are being stalked by these Raptors in the kitchen. And it's just like this really eerie scene that you're like, I would never want to be in this this situation. Right. Um, but they end up escaping and then everybody in they don't actually I don't think they actually kill the raptors. They just are managed to get away from they them. They lock them in, I think. Yeah, they ma- these two kids managed to get away from the most dangerous smart animals of all time. Listen, in Steven Spielberg's world, they do. So Tim <laughs> has now Tim has now gotten into a car accident, has gotten electrocuted <laughs> and chased by raptors. <laughs> Are we keeping score? It's a rough day. Um, so anyway, so they're now all in the control room and Lex ends up hacking the system. And she does it, of course, right before the Raptor like <laughs> almost breaks in on them. In the book, it's Tim, like mm-hmm. I said, because he's older and knows more things. But however, the Raptors are so strong, they can get through the glass. I'm like, no one thought to get like bulletproof glass right. because that's crazy, right? <laughs> um, so the Raptors come through the glass and then... You know, Dr. Grant and the kids and and Ellie go through, like, the vents to escape to the main lobby. Um, But we all know the raptors are there, too. So it's this really cool scene where they all jump on the fossils and they're swinging Mm, around and whatnot. Um, And just when they're we think that they're trapped and that these raptors are going to get them. Our girl, the T-Rex, <laughs> she swoops <saves> the day. <laughs> in. 
she kind of ends up having that like she's kind of like that one that you're like oh you should really be scared of her but she saves the day in a lot of the movie yeah. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that yeah so she comes in she's she, not the same t-rex in all the movies she is she is she is because the um the a uh, raptor in this one uh-huh. scratches her face yeah. and so she has this like very distinct scar <gasps> wow. so she ends up coming back and whatnot Fascinating. so it's She's really even cool in this most recent one mm-hmm. that's yeah that's amazing it's really cool so anyway she kills the raptors and like as while she while she's distracted with the raptors though um hammond and ian just showed and casually picked <laughs> them up at the front door <laughs> Like, so glad you could no make it. No one seems very um like they have nowhere to go. They're like, "Thank you for picking us up." It's like an Uber, <laughs> Jurassic Park Uber, right? Um, but anyways, they get to the helicopter, they get the heck out of there, and like as you know, they're flying away. They kind of are like so exhausted. They're so grateful that they're out out safe. And then it kind of ends with Doctor Grant looking out at the pelicans flying out, and again. This comes full circle into one of the other movies. I can't remember which one it is, but we get the same scene. I think it's Pelicans, but all of a sudden you see uh, a pterodactyl flying with them. So, which is like so disturbing, but anyways, (laughs) and that's how the first movie ends. Yeah. The book ends slightly different. Um, So they do get rescued and they're uh, airlifted out, but it's actually by the Costa Rican air force. um, And they take them to this, like remote location and we actually so grant meets up with that doctor who had reached out to him originally about the lizards and he's like having a conversation with them and he's like so do you think like you know things Mm -hmm. are good basically from their conversation we understand that the costa rican air force or whoever started bombing the island Mm -hmm. basically to annihilate these dinosaurs um which i think we get in a future yeah the fallen kingdom it's so sad um but as they're having this conversation, he's like, oh, I'm so glad to be like going home. Grant's like mm-hmm. ready to go to his dig. And he's like, oh, that's funny because like we're not allowed to go yet. Like yeah. they have a lot of like basically I got some questions. They got some <laughs> questions, which th- this is what I meant earlier when I said it's kind of left on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Which is interesting that the author had never intended to write a second yeah. one, considering that's how he ended um, the the book. But anyway, long story short, that's kind of how it ends. A couple of like differences, like we mentioned, there's different people that die. Dr. Or Dr. Hammond. John Hammond is actually the most notable. Um, mm-hmm. So like we mentioned in the book, he is very much like still set in his ways and wanting to still open this park even after everything mm-hmm. that happened. So he's on his uh, own at, at one point and he's like taking a walk. He hears a recording of a T-Rex roar mm-hmm. and that he mistakes for being a real one. And he slips and falls down a hill, ba- breaking mm-hmm. his ankle, which makes him not able to move around anymore. Right. And as he's laying there, unable to move, um, I think they're called the procompasnagthinus. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. They're called the compies, basically. Okay. Uh, A bunch of them come and essentially eat him alive. I mean... If you're if you're John Hammond, I'm not going out any other way than getting eaten by a dinosaur. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would want to get chomped up by a T-Rex at the end of my days. That's fair. (laughs) Um, Like we mentioned, the book does kill Ian Malcolm. Mm -hmm. He dies from his injuries in the novel, um, but he does get resurrected in Mm. the Lost World, which I don't know how that happens in the book. Um, 
like we mentioned, Muldoon and Gennaro do survive and make it off of the island. But Dr. Wu, like you mentioned, who is alive in the movie, mm-hmm. he actually gets attacked by a rapper, 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 <laughs> by a raptor. And in a very graphic scene, gets devoured alive Yikes. on the island. Okay. Would you rather get chomped by a T-Rex, torn apart by a raptor, or stomped on by a Brachiosaurus? Chomped by a T-Rex. Absolutely. Yeah. If I'm going to go take me out by the <laughs> yeah. big guns. Swallow me, me whole. Yeah, swallow <laughs> me whole. Who knows? I might survive in the stomach. You never we'll know. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, those are the major differences uh, from book to yeah. movie. So, I would say, I mean... The main concept is same between oh, book yeah, and movie, obviously. Sure. I think I think the changes that they made from the book were perfect. Um, I think we're both going movie on this one. Yes, we are. Yeah. It's a little too uh, wordy for me. Yeah. A little too high tech. For sure. <laughs> uh, so at this point, we would I would normally tell you to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and all that good stuff. However, we have some fairly sad news. Well, you can share it. <laughs> yes, it is kind of my <laughs> fault. Um, this will be our last official episode of The Boogie Girls. Um, Ugh, there two, have, years. two years. Two years. Well, the two, end of an era. It really is. It really is. <laughs> um, it is coming to a close, however, um, for personal reasons, not because... Hannah or myself are breaking up <laughs> by any No, means. you're stuck with me for life. We will be friends for life. Um, but it's just, you know, it's time to kind of close the chapter here um, and and start something new, which you will actually be starting Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> She's crying. If you cry, I will. No, we're not crying. No. Tell, tell the people what your plans are. Um, I will start. Po- I am going to start a podcast of my own. Obviously, it takes a little bit to get it up and running, yes. um, especially because Rosha has done all of the technical part of I'll this. I'll teach you. I'll show you um, my ways. I, I like to think I'm more of like the voice talent <laughs> of the two of us. So I got to figure out all the back end stuff. Um, but I'm really into the paranormal, supernatural type stuff. From a distance. So, from a distance. <laughs> I want nothing to, to actually like experience it, but I'm very fascinated by it. So um that is my plan i'm hoping you know early 2023 to have that so tell them where they can follow you so they can get updates you can follow me on my personal page um at hey hey hannah k-n-i-x which is the radio station i follow or i work for um so i will be posting updates on that but our movie girl instagram will be live for you know quite a while for For people and we'll still keep our patreon up which has a lot of our movie serials we did um Bridgerton, Behind Her Eyes, mm-hmm. uh, What Am I Forgetting, uh, Eight Perfect Strangers. Nine, nine, nine Perfect, perfect Strangers. strangers. <laughs> I forgot one. But I will have to say, though, like when Bridgerton season three comes out, we're both going to have to read the books and actually like talk to each other about it. Yeah, no, Because we're sure. already halfway through. Yeah. We're, we're too deep into that but one. But if you, so. yeah, like, like I said, if you want to sign up for our Patreon, uh, you're more than uh, welcome to. That's still going to be available. And then obviously you'll still be able to access all of our previous episodes that we've done, which we've done a lot. Which brings us to what we're actually going to be doing oh, yeah. next week, which is essentially a best of to close this yes. chapter. Um, I thought of this idea and I thought it'd be fun basically to go down memory lane of the last two years of the episodes we've done. Talk about our favorites. Our you got to give favorites. me a list. I will. Okay. I will. I'll give you the <laughs> list. Um, basically like favorite characters, all that good stuff. Um, and so that's going to be ha- that's going to be the hardest episode because we've done Why? so many. Oh, I, know. I mean, because how many episodes did we do? Like I mean, over there's 100. some things 
things that just stick out in my mind. If you know I what I'm mean, talking about. I think I got a couple worse. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For, for sure. sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. We've also done some of our best work on some of these episodes. So I will say. We might have to listen to a few of them ourselves just to wrap our brains. Honestly, that's so funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, like we said, unfortunately, uh, this chapter is coming to a close. But we have loved hanging out with you all for the last two years and you can always reach out to us because i'm sure sure. we'll we'll still be reading books and watching movies and stuff absolutely you can follow me on my personal page at roche r-o-s-h reads and reviews where i talk about all the books i'm reading and she reads a bajillion books a week it's wild it it might (laughs) it might calm down a little bit now that i don't have any required reading for this podcast that's true but you you make your own required readings (laughs) for you on a personal level that's a very very good point um anyway we could ramble ramble on for hours at this point um but for technically the second to last time thanks for listening and remember don't judge a book by its movie bye